0: This is Ryan <laughs> Hey, this is Steve You're listening to 60 Cycle Hum The guitar buying, trading, selling, fixing, mining, breaking, reviewing Fancy greeting podcast <laughs> It is a fancy greeting podcast, isn't yeah. it? Salutations
1: Salutations
0: <laughs> I, I think of two things when I hear the word salutations First um, one is Charlotte's Web Oh, that's a good reference. I was thinking of some kind of old-timey thing like that. Uh I couldn't think of something specific, but yeah, Charlotte's Web is probably what I'm thinking of. And then also there's a uh, yoga pose called like the sun salutation. What? I don't know which one it is. (laughs) I don't know what the actual forms are. You you bend
1: over and then you look through your legs at the sun (laughs) and you stare straight into the sun until you pass out. (laughs)
2: <laughs> um i
1: don't think that's it because that's what i do every day to stretch out It makes uh, me lean c- and limber i could
0: be wrong i should probably start doing yoga i'm, I'm so like my, not flexible you know i and, could like, see you doing up. yoga
1: is that weird no
0: it makes sense i could imagine you getting into that yeah i probably need it It'd probably calm me down yeah i
1: could see you in a yoga class and every time you come up from danward dog you'll just be like what's up
0: <laughs> i don't think i'd go i don't think i'd go to a class i think i would just like do do some, find some like rad youtube channel a <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally rad youtube
1: channel I'd just find all about some, yoga i just find
0: some youtube yoga th- class and and do that or something someone re- post someone post
1: the yoga video on the group that's got like the barnyard guy if you've seen it, you know what it is. It's like a kids
0: yoga program with like a barnyard scene. Have you ever seen baby yoga? No. Oh, it's like this crazy like Russian thing. Is that where they throw the babies yeah. around? Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking that's about. That's the real deal. Like baby yoga and baby yeah. gymnastics. Or I whatever. wish I could do that level
1: of yoga with my baby. <laughs> <laughs> My baby's
0: just too slippery Oh yeah <laughs> Well stop lathering them in butter uh, Hey man, butter's good We're rambling right now because we don't have anything new to talk about We got about.
1: nothing new to talk about Let's look at some ads Alright <laughs> I gotta full Google Drive Come on I know, I'm behind the curve here Jeez. Uh, This first one is from Duke Lucum The Duke of Ads Luke Mundy that's your new name now uh duke lucum uh <laughs> it is a sure wait sure. is he in, is he in 3d uh i yeah he is okay but it's really just like 2d animations that you can like run around in 3d right
0: right well the real problem though is that um are we gonna have to wait for like 20 years before his next release <laughs> yeah and then it's gonna suck <laughs> <laughs> I never had the full
1: Duke Nukem game. I had just like the demo. Right. That came with another game. But that was back in the good old days of PC games when you could go in to all the folders and find the uh, like the root artwork for everything, the oh, root animations. Yeah. And all the monsters and characters and everything were only like three or four frames. Right. So I would go in in my early like Photoshop adventures and modify all the characters no way like give them like sunglasses or like different hair or something like that like i would like paint little smiles on right. him and stuff that was the good old days i mean
0: i suppose in a very technical sense people still do that like skyrim is all about that yeah yeah but this was so basic like literally
1: the folders are just right there you go through them and you find the uh the files and you can Pull them into your photo editing and do it pixel by pixel and just change right, stuff. Right, right. Like it was a lot of fun. <laughs> All, right, <laughs> All right, read that back. ad. Back to this ad: 1987 Charvel 375 Deluxe with gig bag, 200 bucks in Madeira slash Fresno. Hello, I'm selling my 1987 Charvel Desert Crackle. It is an awesome sounding guitar and it would make a nice addition to someone's collection or just be another one for your touring gear. It has a few small dings on the body and the usual little chip off the headstock, but this thing is built to shred and it still does. It has a shallower made Floyd Rose and Bill Lawrence L500R and stock Jackson single coil pickups, great for blues, jazz, rock, metal, punk, you name it. This guitar is waiting for you. Way How more. Do, do you, than, you think it polkas? Wait. Oh, totally polkas. Way more than two hundred put into this guitar. Only selling to upgrade my other guitar. Uh, you, you gotta buy this thing.
0: Two hundred bucks? Yeah. I think that's great. Uh, I was looking at like the pri- used prices on these. There's a lot of variants. A late eighties think- Charvel is gonna be a good guitar. Yeah, oh, it'll be a great player for sure. Yeah. I'm just saying, like on the flip side, on the on the business on the business on end, the business side, um, there's flip potential. They're up. I'm saying like a 100, $150. bucks. I'm not uh-huh. saying like marginal. Uh, sometimes these go a little cheaper. I don't know how not having the stock humbucker would affect things. Probably not that much. I don't think those uh, Jackson pickups are known for being the They're, best. I mean, neither. Yeah. So this was a eighty-seven. Um, I want to say in eighty at the end of eighty-six, somewhere around there. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, this
1: is hair metal prime time. Yeah, uh,
0: was when Charvel was uh, Charvel was moved to Japan. Uh huh. Because originally, they you know they were all built in like San Dimas. Sure. And then for like a year, they were built in Ontario, California. Right. Uh, versus Ontario, Canada. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you, so
1: it sounds like I know all this stuff. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, everyone, everyone knows that, Steve.
0: Um, It's common knowledge. But then, like, uh, like I want eighty-six, eighty-seven. They transitioned to Japan, so this would have been like one of the first Japanese models, from what I've read. Sure. Um, But even with that, like, they're supposed to be great guitars, and uh, they play are supposed to play super great. Um, and I mean, the if you value want is like three or $400 yeah. regularly. If you want a
1: Super Strat, why not? This yeah. thing's classic, you know? I'd rather get this than like an old Kramer or something. Sure. And I honestly... I The crackle finishes that plagued the 80s, of all of those, this one is probably the most tasteful. Like the desert crackle. Like right. it's not it's lot it's not neon pink shooting through neon purple or something like that, you know? Yeah. It's not like green under grey or some crazy sort of freaked out hair metal sort of thing. This is actually kinda of classy in a way. It looks like a desert floor, it's it's uh more subdued colors, like some kinda of, it looks like some some kind of yellow. Like a subdued yellow with like a like a darker yellow crackle underneath it. Like, I would totally play this and not feel awkward or embarrassed at all.
0: <laughs> but that, but that's just me. All right. Uh, so, this actually got posted in our Facebook group. And uh, we're going to share a little story, I think. Yeah, well, Ezra,
1: Ezra posted a, a story about a Charvel.
0: Yeah, so this is from Ezra Graves. Uh, hopefully, it's cool to share this. I mean, it's in the group. So, yeah, it's in the group. You know, group. He says uh, it is a private group now, I'm gonna though. kind of paraphrase something, so this won't be verbatim, uh, but sure. it'll be accurate. He says uh, a couple years ago, I went out to upstate New York to visit my mother. Immediately, my my, my mother mother my <laughs> my mother and wife decided I have too much money. And thought they should help me with that problem by taking my credit out for an afternoon spin. Left alone, I thought I'd hit the local Craigslist. This is a very small area and literally there is maybe four postings a day to the instrument section. So I did what I always do. Started with the previous month. Watch those asking prices drop after 29 days. There I found a, a blob squatch photo of a guitar or a guitar-shaped streak anyway. I get those in my underwear sometimes. <laughs> a guitar-shaped streak? That's that's unique, Steve. You can make out a Fenderish headstock, a maple neck, an unfinished body and a black pickguard if you squinted just right. The description was poorly written but charmingly odd, honest. Charvel Shredder. I don't know what this is. My friend thinks it's a Warmoth neck, maybe a Mexi body. Needs strings. $80 firm. Might be a Mexi body, my friend thinks. These are my favorite indicators of an easy negotiation. But you don't know for sure. Sorry, I can only give you half of that. It was early, but I thought I'd give the guy a call anyway. He was in... Boonville, wherever the hell that was. I had 50 in my wallet. I'd grabbed some ATM on the way there. I followed his direction deep, deep, deep into the sticks. <laughs> Always planning to stop at the next gas station for some cash. That gas station never came. And there I was at Bob's, uh, cabin, maybe shanty. Favela. Bob- yeah, what favela? Favela. <laughs> Bob met me in the yard to warn to warn uh, me of which dogs were killers and which ones were just curious. Bob was probably five foot two in several directions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was very friendly as he showed me into his shanty again, warning me about the perilous stacks of pizza boxes, dishes, and dog torn things. He did have several guitars in there and might have been a drum kit in there acting as a wardrobe. He offered me a can of beer from a 30 rack on the table. Fridge don't work, he said. I declined as I generally don't drink warm beer until 10 a.m. <laughs> anyway, he pulls out the guitar. It has high action. Strings installed wrong because the bridge is missing a part. But I have an inkling that I know what this guitar is. I'm 90% sure it's an early 80s Sherville And I'm 85% sure it was pre-production. Bob, I said, we have two problems. I only have a $50 bill. And this guitar may be worth significantly more than the asking price. All that Bob heard was a $50 bill. Oh, yeah, 50 would be great. I repeated the significantly more part with some leaning to significantly more than your home, perhaps.
2: <laughs> but I
0: caught a glimpse of the 30 rack and noticed it and Bob were too short of a six-pack. I handed him the crisp 50 and he folded it twice and buttoned it into the shirt pocket under the patch that said, Dave. Why do you have a Dave shirt if your name is
1: Bob? Maybe Dave is uh, his middle name. Bob Dave. Or Or maybe Dave is the name of the guy who used to live there until Bob killed him.
0: Okay. Uh, And he thanked me graciously several times and said that he thought he was never going to sell it. Uh, As he was ushering me back to the flock of dogs uh, that had been waiting for me, I said one last time, Bob, this guitar might be worth several thousand dollars. He was on phase. If there's an ATM nearby, he rambled off several places where there used to be one, but that was it. Pulled out of his driveway and headed down the road. And as soon as his house disappeared from view, uh, from the view, I whooped and screamed for 20 seconds, punching the wheel victoriously. (laughs) I have definitely done that on a handful of occasions. Totally. Uh, I felt like I had robbed a bank and seduced a supermodel at the same time. Uh, I got back to my mother's Did some quick research Took a few pics And sent them to a collector I know Who has 50 uh, Has US uh, 50 plus Charvels uh, And that night He offered me $3,500 For the guitar Sheesh 700 times profit In a single day She's Louise what I want to
1: know is if his wife and his mom did more damage on the credit while he was <laughs> while he was gone. Like, what was the over under on the whole day? Oh my gosh! And were they able to sell what they bought for seven hundred times what they paid? <laughs> That's a crazy story, though. Totally
0: nuts. What are you doing? Yeah, I. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I just. I've been thinking about this story like the whole time since since he posted it. Uh-huh. And it's just like still so crazy. But that's I think that's one of the things that happens more in rural areas than it does right like, cuz s- there's cities.
1: Everyone in a city is watching their Craigslist all day long and that stuff isn't going to escape. What well, how that would go down here in San Diego? Someone would post it. And then they would receive 300 emails in an hour. And a few of these those emails would be from someone going, you know that's really worth this much, right? The ad would be taken down and then it would go up an hour later with like the completed listing eBay price. So it would go back up for a fair price. And then the person would relist it uh, once a week for a month, dropping the price until it sold.
0: Yeah. And it's just kind of like this bizarre level of insanity that people want to engage in uh i mean we occasionally get deals like that from people who live out in a- the away from the city like out in the mountains of the desert like sometimes that's the only way that they can like entice people to drive 60 miles uh-huh and it's and, to do a super low price yeah uh but it's not common no, not at all. And I mean 700 times profit like that's insane. That is in, if I if I can double up on something I, it blows my mind. Yeah, that's crazy. It's
1: crazy that he was telling him that it was probably worth more and the guy's just like 50 bucks, get out of here. Yeah.
0: I mean for what it's worth like Again, not anywhere near this. I could have pulled a seven-fold profit a few years ago, Uh-huh uh, which I actually, actually, I, I kind of botched that deal because I wanted to lock it in. So I traded like a amp that was worth. This guy was selling a a, a guitar for fifty bucks. Uh-huh. Uh That I had later on sold for three sixty was a that Mij Fender. Oh okay. The white one. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, it. I do. Um, but in order to lock it down, I was like, oh, I'll trade you this amp that I have that was worth like 200 Oh, okay. Um, when I could have just sold the amp and that guitar. Yeah. And been like way in the green. But I, I just like was so nervous about it getting sold, like getting sold out from under me that I was like, I, I'll, uh, if you're interested, I'll just trade you this amp. It still worked out. Yeah. I mean, I got paid. I mean, you just didn't get the, the golden and deal, it out. Of, yeah. yeah. Um, Let's move on to the next. Dad, that's crazy. I
1: was. I wish something would happen to me that was like that. I that's like winning the lottery,
0: you know. Yeah, you won't, You wouldn't. Any deal that would come up like that from you, you'd be like, "Oh, it's more than ten minutes away. I'm not going to drive that far." <laughs> I don't know,
1: man. If I was in that scenario, I would have been there. I have been
0: lazy with my flips. It's 2015, and I don't think I've flipped anything this year. Oh, uh, it's, it's been a rough year for me. It's just I'm so busy lately. I'm going to have some time to finally work on a, a few guitars that need repairs so I can sell them. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm hopefully going to have some time to do that tomorrow. So hopefully I'll... Uh, I've just said hopefully like five times. <laughs> uh, but I'm really wanting to get back into that into the craigslist world soon i haven't even been checking it because i've just been home a, yeah. a lot and not really on the computer i've been looking at it all right the pole position sliding pickup guitar uh this, this is this to us this is from ben caffrey thanks ben um this is something made by Canavan musical products As on kickstarter it has five thousand one hundred and seventy one dollars of twenty thousand dollar goal With four days to go, go, I don't think you're going to make it. What is the Pole Position? Well, the patented Pole Position guitar was specifically designed to offer guitars the greatest possible range and control over their tone. Whereas other guitars have a stationary pickup or pickups offering a limited number of tone choices, the Pole Position uses a single movable pickup to offer unlimited choices canada musical products has been developing the pole position guitar over a period of two years producing a series of designs with culminated in the prototype featured in our video with your help we will move on to create the finished project uh so basically it's got a slider mechanism it's, it's a it's, it's a, a gu- one and three quarter inch thick body, natural wood finish, ball, whatever.
1: It's a it's a guitar where you can slide a single humbucker forward and back between the bridge and neck position, and in any position in between.
0: Yeah, congratulations! You are updating the uh, Dan Armstrong. Yeah, from fifty years this ago. This
1: isn't a new concept. This is this idea has been floating around a long time. Uh, the execution is always rough. Yeah. It's, it's hard to do this well because you end up, like you see in the picture, with this giant hole in your guitar that looks ugly, and it just doesn't look all that great.
0: This one looks like it may compensate for one of the things that I, I at least all, always perceived as being an issue with the old uh, Dan. Is it Dan Armstrong? I'm not sure. Why I, does that name stuck in my head? Dan Armstrong did the, the Lucite Guitars, right? yes. Yeah, so, okay, so Dan Armstrong, I, I'm not insane. Did, the did, Ampeg, right. the Ampeg instruments. Did those guitars have sliding pickups? I believe you could get one of one or more of them okay. with that. And then, of course, Gibson with the Grabber bass in the '70s. I think uh-huh. it was the Grabber bass had a sliding pickup. And uh, there's a few
1: companies that make like these super modular guitars where the wings attach and stuff, right? Where you can slide the pickups around. Uh, it's it's been played around with this concept yeah and i i think it's a cool concept but i just haven't seen it done in a way that it's like okay that's something an everyday musician can get into yeah because it's kind of ugly
0: in some ways this one looks like it might be a little more functional because it looks like there's a way to actually fix the pickup into a position so it doesn't like slide around right and doesn't rattle um, there's some kind of like tab that you press
1: and then i think you slide it with that right i didn't um, watch the video um yeah neither did i but yeah, I saw, just from looking at it, you know what it is.
0: Yeah. Um, but then the... Uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, oh, it's ugly. That's it's, what I was going to say. It's and, ugly. And not just because it's a hole, but because the way the, the slider thing is, it just... I don't know. It just doesn't look it, there's
1: great. A, it looks like there's an aluminum bar in there.
0: Yeah, and this guitar is, is natural. It's a natural finish. Black pick guard, uh, black pickup, and then this white plastic thing yeah. in it. The challenge with these
1: to make them commercially viable is to figure out a way to make them look good. If you can figure out how to
0: make this look good, people are going to buy it. The way to make it look good is to gouge out the eyes of your customers. Ah, they're great guitars, they're blind people. Yeah. <laughs>
1: because it's, it's honestly, it's probably the best possible solution to like really finding like your perfect tone is being able to slide a pickup around to get it right where you want it. Yeah. Like I would love, I've I built a Strat card to move the bridge pickup of a Strat and I was very happy with the position of the strap pickup in that in that guard. Uh, I would love to be able to adjust my pickups an inch one way or the other. You know, mm-hmm. maybe the the real solution for this isn't to do a full pickup that can that can slide along the whole guitar, but to do three pickups that can slide within a sleeve and look the same no matter the position. Like they're underneath a cover or something. You know. Oh. That would be interesting. You know
0: actually so it
1: would be a pickup solution that fits in like its own case. You could do
0: something like that actually really simply. Yeah. with like if especially if you had uh Cuz you don't need to move one pickup
1: across the whole expanse of the guitar, you just need to move a pickup within a range.
0: Right. And I what I'm imagining is um, and if you had a system, yeah, this could be really cool. We probably shouldn't publish this. We I should, know. We should this copyright is, this. This is actually... Trademark it. Really. We're just giving it away. Do we want to give it away? <laughs> I'm never going to do anything with this. Yeah, neither am in So what I'm, in, what I'm envisioning... <laughs> hey, if you
1: right... steal this idea, uh, name it after us and send us a
0: few. Yeah. What I'm in, imagining right now is some kind of like humbucker casing. Exactly. Um. And what I'm in actually envisioning is like a uh, like the the SG triple bucker, sure. And but instead, you've got either like uh, like you could even do like a thin rail, sure, pickup or just like traditional singles or whatever. Can well, like you put a JB size. in there? Like one of the double, like one of the hot rails. That, oh, like the JB Jr.? Yeah. Sure, something like that. Or what I would think would be, could be really great. And I feel like somebody has got to have tried this. Is what if you just took the rail from the Seymour Duncan P rail? Like half a rail? Like, well, the P rail is even like just the same yeah, thin yeah. thing. Something like that where you can move it and you've got this full humbucker. Like it's inside a humbucker casing. So it looks, like you said, like a regular guitar. Yeah. But Maybe you've got like some kind of physical wheel that you could like wheel it in I one direction it, it or the other? it could be a clip thing like this
1: solution where you just pinch on the sides and then you can slide it. Sure. Like a, just a positive tension sort of thing. So it doesn't need to be me- mechanically complex. Right. You just need to have tension Within the case, you pinch this like two pins on the
0: side and you can slide it around. Right. And that would take you from like this solution and the, the Gibson solution and all these different solutions assume that you only want one pickup. Right. But how many guys on like a Les Paul are using both pos- are using middle position? Yeah. How many guys on a Strat are using the two and four? Yeah. Uh, positions i'm not on either of those cases but but yeah. a lot of people are and uh so imagine a c- scenario where like you've got three single coil pickups and you can adjust them to be like in i mean you in might any not any of an infinite number of positions you might not even
1: want to adjust all the pickups most people are super happy with their strat neck position sure and they don't even care about their middle position what if you could drop in a humbucker sized pickup that looks like a humbucker into your, the bridge of your strat. The biggest problem, and with, that's a thing that people want to tweak, is the bridge position.
0: The biggest problem with the bridge position on a strat is because it's slanted, right? But uh, if you get a fat strat, it doesn't. It's not slanted. That's true. And that's what we're talking about:
1: dropping something humbucker-sized in there.
0: Yeah. Well, a case that's humbucker-sized, right?
1: Whatever is internalized it would be, be able a to single. move around. Yeah. And you know, there's pickups nowadays that. Uh, people love that are bigger than humbuckers like have you seen the giant uh, foil buckers that Ronan is using I don't think so they look like two humbuckers in their size like how wide they are jeez you could do something like that that would give you a lot more range that would, could cover like in between your middle and your bridge on a strat right and you would do a a custom modification to your pickguard, and you'd have to have a swimming pool route. But it would look better than this if it was a solid cover, yeah, with the pickup yeah. hidden inside.
0: Yeah, you just want to have this like expanse, right? That it's you're a, stuck it's a with. giant hole that's ugly
1: with a metal bar in there. You know, yeah. So someone is going to steal this idea from us. We just came up with the most brilliant idea ever, and they're going to get super rich, and we're going to just be mad. But I'll be maybe ha- they'll sponsor a couple episodes. I hope they sponsor more than a couple if they get super rich. Yeah, I hope they. I hope they include us in on their plans. Is all that I ask, and uh, let us be.
0: Consult- you know, we have consult- like a-
1: consultants on it and recipients of the product.
0: We have a bunch of guys I know that like listen to the podcast or in the group that are like mechanically minded and uh-huh. are in like and the we have- guida- guitar. Building realm. We have pickup builders on our yeah. listening. Maybe group. Tim McNally will, will take this on. <laughs> or maybe
1: a yeah, Michael Lodge or Yeah. You know, any of these guys. The the, 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 I the, get the a- trick the the, the the making the pickup will be the easy part. Making the housing is the custom Sure. Like how are we gonna do this sort of thing? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on. Now that we've given away a brilliant idea yep. that we'll never use. Uh, next one is the rad parts caster. This thing is rad and it's a parts caster. Weird. I know, right? I think I spotted this on, uh, on reverb. I could be wrong, but I think I am the one. If you spotted this and you sent it to us, I'm sorry for stealing your thunder. Uh, uh, say the bad thing that I did on the group and I will (laughs) correct it. Um, it says custom built one-of- a-kind telecaster with Bixby vintage parts very cool uh, this guitar is a bit of a parts caster that you might have dreamed about but have never seen before it has a genuine vintage 1978 fender telecaster neck and vintage f tuners not reproductions vintage Bixby and a Stratocaster style configuration of vintage dan electro lipstick pickups That's cool that they're vintage. I knew that they were lipstick, but come on. This Tele Strat Dan Electro hybrid starts with an original 1978 Fender Telecaster maple neck attached to a handmade mahogany Telecaster style body. With vintage yellowed paint job, notice the dual string trees. There are quite a few love scars. Chips in the finish as it was well used for many of its years. So you could say it's a bit of a relic. The neck plate is a newer fender part with a period correct F logo. I need to switch to the next picture to get the rest of the description. And Steve is ping again. The Bigsby as well as the Daniel Outro pickups were vintage 1950s or 60s. The pickups sound just amazing. The Bixby works like a charm and the strings feed through the finely modified Telecaster bridge. The pickguard is a handmade and well done three ply. The strap buttons look to be vintage as well. I could easily part out this guitar and sell many of the vintage parts, but it works so well I'm offering it as is to see if someone out there loves it as much as I did. If I sell the parts, it will fetch more money, but may take longer to sell. I just don't play it much and need to reduce the collection, which has grown too large. Even though I will miss it, some of them have to go. Uh, Do I want to read the rest? Note that this guitar was rewired using Fat natural wiring that uses a five-way super switch. And $1 switch to take full advantage. Oh, S1 switch to (laughs) to take full advantage of all the pickup combinations. I mounted the original control plate reverse style as used heavily, and used heavily knurled Fender Telecaster knobs with S1. Hard to find these knobs. As you can see in the pictures, there is significant fret wear on the 1978 Fender Telecaster neck. It plays well, and there is more, and there is enough fret to recrown if wanted. It weighs about nine pounds. Guitar sounds great. Comes with a black hard shell case that is in excellent condition. Uh. Yeah, that's it. It's this thing is cool. Like that description is is everything about it. It just. What do you every th- every part of this thing? I have no problem with it. I think that's like a single ply pickguard. It looks great on the yellow. Right. the The pickups look perfect the in there. The pickups look
0: so classy.
1: The the all the hardware is so great. The vintage Bixby is so oxidized, and there's just no chrome left on it. And it looks like less. It looks thinner than modern Bixby's. You know, it looks like it's made out of less metal. Yeah, it just looks great. How much did he want for this? Eleven hundred. Eleven hundred bucks plus forty-five shipping. I don't know. What do you think, Steve, about that price?
0: Uh, well, the neck itself is probably. I want to say is worth. Uh, a decent amount of money. I mean, it's a 70 uh, it's a 70s Telecaster neck, but it doesn't have the giant strat
1: headstock. It has a Telecaster headstock.
0: Right. Um everything about this is super classy. Definitely if you were to commission this oh, from yeah. like even like a, a lower like a cheaper um American builder, um you're going to pay at least this much if not more. Oh, totally. This would if you commission this this would be two
1: grand and up, yeah. And it wouldn't be actual vintage parts. This is actual vintage parts, man.
0: Yeah, which is kind of crazy, and, it, and it's gonna. And it I looks mean, it so may, good. This I'm, is it this doesn't is, necessarily make it better, but it's definitely gonna make it uh, different. It's gonna
1: make it a story guitar, and this uh, everything. This is a parts caster done right, in my yeah. opinion. This is so cool. This is a story piece. People are gonna look at this and be like, "Whoa, what have you have? What do you have here?" Yep. I, I don't have eleven hundred dollars to throw at this thing, but if I did, no, uh,
0: this no. would be on my
1: list. You know,
0: everything about this is, is it was really well executed. Yeah, uh, it definitely. You know, sometimes we see stuff where it's a parts caster and it just doesn't really look planned out. Right, this was someone who kind of had this vision. Um, I don't know if I agree that he could sell all of these parts. For More than $1,100. We'd have
1: to do some eBay researching um, to figure that out because
0: I don't think 78 Fender Telecaster neck. I just don't know. I, I have trouble seeing, thinking that one of those would sell for more than like six or seven hundred bucks. Okay. Uh, the pickups, those Dano pickups, are maybe like a hundred, 120 bucks a piece. Sure. So that puts you, I guess that puts you at a thousand and then the body. That's like top, top dollar for, you. I mean, if the body's built well, maybe 200 bucks for that. So I guess he could get over. Even I don't know it, what that so bigs would be worth. Even if that's a
1: vintage, legit body, you think only 200? It's not
0: a vintage body. He, what built, he built that. What did he say? He, oh, he built the body. He says a handmade mahogany Telecaster style body with vintage yellow to paint job.
1: Okay. Yeah. So,
0: um the relic like it has a little bit I, of I I feel relic like I feel like
1: he could get more money parting it out but like you said this is so special
0: yeah it's definitely looks like it's really come together Yeah, it reminds me a lot of of uh the Charvel Surfcaster Yeah, totally. Of, with the Telecaster meets uh, with the with the Dano pickups uh-huh just a cool guitar i could see myself playing this all day long it's also like one of the few three pickup telecasters that I don't think looks offensive.
1: Yeah, it doesn't look stupid at all. It looks great. That's okay. what you get with the with the Dan Electro pickup. So they look good. Yeah, the more you put in there, like you could put fifty of them in there. They look,
0: <laughs> look great. A lot of people love um, Nash the Nashville Fender Nashville Telecaster, uh-huh. which, which is the one with like the uh, the lipstick pick or the chrome pickup. Basically, the standard Tele pickup set and then a Strat pickup in the middle. Yeah. I just can't get on board. Yeah. And then with the Modern Player, they took that one step further and put a humbucker in the bridge. (laughs) And some people are like, I mean, some people like them, other people not so much. But uh, the Strat pickup in the middle of a Telecaster. And this is coming from a guy who has a Strat pickup in the neck of his Telecaster. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that looks really like quirky and I really like the look of that. Uh, it reminds me a little more of like a GNL and l style sure. Uh, configuration. Sure. But the middle pickup being a strap pickup on a Telecaster, like just, it rubs me wrong. Yeah. But this looks great.
1: Good job, guy. Whoever you yeah. are. Steven's Fantastic Guitar Shop. Look him up on Reverb.
0: Yeah. It's probably still for sale. It'll probably take less. You think so? I don't know. You think he'll take uh, $300? Not that much less.
1: Oh, that's what I have, though. Oh, well, you're You're screwed. I'm screwed. Maybe he'd do $300 and then uh, $700 shipping. (laughs) Maybe he'll do $700 and $300 shipping. I want to see that receipt from UPS, though. (laughs) He spent $700 shipping it. Oh, my gosh.
0: So
2: that yeah, was it, our uh,
1: it's,
0: uh, it's 700 It's $300 for the guitar And then he spent uh, $600 on gold foil To package
1: the guitar It cost $700 to ship it Because he paid Burt Reynolds to drive it here In a Trans Am <laughs> is, is that a thing Burt Reynolds does? Ah, Smokey and the Bandit. Oh my gosh!
0: Is that Burt Reynolds or is that Tom it Selleck? Is, it is Burt Reynolds. Okay,
1: I get confused with their mustaches
0: sometimes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Are you oh familiar gosh. with Smokey
0: and the Bandit? Yeah, I know Smokey and the Bandit. It's about bootlegging. Yeah.
1: Well, it was about transfer. It was supposed to be about coors. It's about NASCAR. <laughs> the uh, the secret the secret stash that he had that he was transporting was supposed to be Coors. So is it really cool? I don't. Yeah, I don't remember the details. It I know it's about bootlegs. It doesn't say it in the movie, but that's what it's supposed to be about. Like, oh my god! Because it wasn't available in right. lots of parts of the country. For, oh, okay. for whatever reason.
0: Yeah. Well, it's the banquet beer. Yep. Hey, I like Coors. Coors. I'll drink a
1: Coors with Burt Reynolds any day of the week. I, I bet you would in a Trans Am. <laughs> what if, What if it wasn't in a Trans Am? I'd do it in a Kia. <laughs> in the backseat of a Kia Sorento. <laughs> it's just got really not classy. Me and Burt Reynolds hanging out in the the backseat of a Kia Sorento putting away a 30-pack of the banquet beer, hanging out down by the river.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why not? uh <laughs> every time every time I say why This is topical Every time I'm just like why It makes me Do you remember Bud Dry? Yeah I always remember the, just Why ask slogan, why? Why ask why? Try Bud Dry
1: yeah. You know by the time I got To the point in my life Where I was ready to answer That question uh, That Bud Dry was no longer On the market Right So that question is just Bouncing around in my head And it will never be answered I don't even know What the deal was supposed To be with Bud Dry It's Just a drier version of Budweiser. Like you think of how champagne can be dry. I guess. Why would you want that? (sighs) Because because it was the 80s in America and you had almost no choices as far as beer flavors. So anything that tasted a little different was probably
0: exciting. That's true. Remember when Zima was a thing? Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever try one of those? No. It tasted like a, like a soda pop. I think... Like I'd, a squirt. Zima might have been off the market before I was old enough to drink. I think it was.
1: Oh. I had one at a party like right before they went away, I think. Right. Or maybe I'm thinking of something else. No, it might have been Zima. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I did have that Zima. <laughs> All
2: right. That
1: was like the first of like the Alka Pops that came out on the yeah. market. Yeah. Yeah. And it got replaced by like your Smirnoffs and stuff. Yeah. Your Mike's Hard and all that. Mike's Hard's not bad. I like Mike's Hard. You buy me a case of Mike's Hard, I'll sit out on the deck with you and we'll have a good old time. All right, let's do it. Yeah. When do you want to do that? Uh, When my deck is done. Oh. (laughs) I'm building a deck in my backyard So in right like now. three years. Yeah, in three years. We'll, we'll put away a case of Mike's Hard on the
0: deck. Right. We'll do a deck show. We'll do the podcast outside. it probably be better audio quality. It probably would, actually. You need to run a couple extension cords. I could do that. All right. Uh, topic. You want to read this topic? Yeah, this is from Adam Dolhanic. He sent us something a, a, a while ago. I'm just kind of going to... We're going to hit a couple questions in here. Um, he says... Um, Well, let's start with the question we probably know the least amount about. Sure. The Blues Driver. What is it? What is the Blues Driver? Is it a Tube Screamer? Why isn't it as often cloned as other overdrives? You know, I owned a Blues Driver for a while and it's not a Tube Screamer. It's not a Tube Screamer. Uh, the closest thing I could compare
1: it to is like a full tone OCD.
0: Okay. It's got kind of this... But a full-tone OCT... (laughs) A full-tone OCD, I think, is a Tube Screamer But it doesn't
1: sound like a Tube Screamer. It doesn't have that classic Tube Screamer sound. It's more amp-like. And that's what you get from the Blues Driver is a more amp-like overdrive sound Mm -hmm. rather than your uh, compressed, fizzy, mid-hump Tube Screamer sound. I think they're... One of Boss's better drive pedals.
0: A lot of people like them, and a lot of people like them even more. I think they're uh, great unmodded as a a, a modded pedal. Sure, I knew you were going to go there Um, because a lot of places are like, "Oh, you don't you like your blues driver, but you want like a little bit more out of it." Yeah, send it to Keeley. Yeah, or whatever. Um. So so yeah, so it is something different. It's not a tube screamer. Um, so why isn't it as often cloned as other overdrives? I just, I don't think it's... I actually know the answer to this question. Okay, tell me the answer. No, I want to hear your answer first. I don't think it's as popular. Like, it's not like a
1: Tube Screamer where everyone needs to have a Tube Screamer. It was its own flavor before people were doing that flavor of pedal. And when people came up with their own flavor that was close to that, like, people weren't interested in Boss. That's my speculation. What if I told you... Am I going to have to take a red
0: pill or a green pill? (laughs) Or is it a blue pill? No. What if I told you there are a ton of Blues Drivers clones on the market? Really? Like, give me an example. The Boss Blues Driver, from what I understand, and maybe I'm completely wrong on this and I'm just going to ramble for 5 minutes and people are going to be like this is the dumbest portion of your podcast I've ever listened to. Uh-huh. Um the Blues Driver is based on the Marshall Bluesbreaker.
1: Oh. And the
0: Bluesbreaker is cloned like that Type <sighs> Crazy. That style of overdrive is cloned like crazy. So, um one of the big ones is the JHS Morning Glory. Uh-huh. Um, and there's a bunch of other ones. Uh, Cattle and Bread, I think, has one. All uh, kinds of people
1: have, have Blues Breakers clones.
0: Yeah, I think Wampler has probably has one. Probably. A lot of different companies do it. Uh, the, I've heard a lot of people say the Timmy is really similar. Sure. is as a, as a Blues Breaker-style pedal. Uh, the Voyager, I think, is supposed to be kind of in that same neighborhood. Um bluesbreaker style pedals are and this is kind of what you're saying about the blues driver they have a reputation for being uh quote transparent. they sure. definitely do their own thing to your signal, but it's not as pronounced well it's more like I said it's more amp like it's not, yeah, it's not like a like a little
1: drive pedal sound it's yeah, it sounds like an amp, and of course, Marshall has a bluesbreaker pedal, oh of
0: course, um, they've had a few different variations on the theme, yeah. Uh so I think General Guitar Gadgets has one, BYOC has one if you uh-huh. if you're into the build your own thing. Uh the Analog Man King of Tone is another one. I mean if you're I interested believe. in that
1: why not just buy a Blues Driver? You can get them on the used market. Oh,
0: apparently it's not. I was
1: wrong. You can get them on the used market dirt cheap any day of the year, you know. They're and honestly my experience with it it was probably the best boss drive pedal that I played with yeah as far as just being straight out usable just sounding great without much tweaking is it's just a
0: great pedal yeah I used one shortly uh-huh. uh I wasn't I liked it I just I mean was, that being said wasn't where I was I sold the one that I had but it's because I
1: already had the OCD and the OCD did basically the same thing right it got me in the same territory right so it's like I don't I don't need redundancy mm-hmm Okay, do we want to move on to the next question? All right, so the
0: next question is kind of a combined question. Uh, And the question is buying and selling lots, uh, like as in bundle packs of gear, bundles of gear, or like Uh lots of gear. Uh, Let's tackle buying first. What do you think about buying lots?
1: Buying is a great way to uh, get some flip potential going. Like if you see like a pedal board for sale... And there's like 10 pedals or like five pedals and you only want two of them, but you know you can sell the rest and make a profit. Why not? Yeah. It's a little, it's a little bit of work, but why not? You know, I did that. Uh, That's how I got the blues driver is a guy was selling an old uh, boss pedal board that had six pedals in it. Uh, I real quick look at it. I was like, okay, there's probably like $300 worth of pedals in this. He was asking a hundred bucks. Right, I went and grabbed that thing so fast. Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, <laughs> and then I I sold everything in there except for the SD1 because it was a vintage uh, early eighties. I think an eighty three SD1, mm-hmm. and the case was just covered in in paint. So I was like, uh, I'm not going to get much money for this, and it's kind of an it's a desirable circuit, so I'll just keep it around.
0: Yeah. Uh, there are definitely um, ways to to uh, get lots and profit off of them. A lot of times, a lot of times people won't list things as a lot, but if it's on like Craigslist or something, and you sure. say like, "Hey, you've got like you're selling like six pedals at let's throw out an average price of like sixty bucks a piece." So this guy's for all six of his pedals, he wants three hundred and sixty bucks. Right, and uh if you go in and say like hey i'll just buy all of them will you take like 240 yeah uh a lot of times they'll or like whatever some lesser amount a lot of times they'll just go for it and i i did actually did that a couple times last year one of them uh i profited from fantastically uh uh-huh. the other one was a little harder uh because it had a couple pedals in it that were tougher cells and that is one thing i will say is when you're doing a lot, buying a lot, like make sure you know what stuff is worth. Uh huh. Like have a plan, and I thought I had a plan, but it just didn't really go as well as I would have hoped. um We already talked about him once in this episode, but Ezra Graves mentioned that with, with some of the deals he's done, when he wants to sell something cheap. Uh, Sometimes if he buys a lot of pedals Like say he buys a lot of like 10 pedals Uh Uh-huh He already knows how much How many of those pedals he needs to sell to break even Right So say he buys 10 uh, He sells 5, breaks even The other 5 pedals can become like
1: Trade uh, fodder
0: Trade fodder Or they can become like perks Yeah So say you want to sell like a cheap guitar And uh, you're like Oh, I've got this Fender Mexican Fender Strat, like normally, maybe you'd sell it for like two forty, but like you really want to get it to move fast, yeah. So you throw in like, oh, I'll throw in like a whatever it's cheap distortion pedal or whatever. Sure, sure. You're not losing any money on it because you've already broken even on those pedals, yeah. But you're going to be able to sell that guitar a lot faster, yeah. So
2: totally. that's kind
0: of like a cool thing you can do with it. Um, sometimes. You know, they become part of your personal collection. Sometimes they uh, just sit around in a box for years and years and years, and you forget that you have them. And then you pull it out and you're like, what am I going to do with this? And then you look it up and
1: you realize that it's worth thousands of dollars. It's, yeah. C- it's c- a Klon Centaur. <laughs> oh, my God. You didn't know you had it. <laughs> yeah. You bought a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. You bought a thousand Klon Centaurs in 1994.
0: <laughs> and, and now you're rich. Which is impressive because I think there's only like. 5,500 of them in existence you bought one-fifth of all
1: the Klon Centaurs
0: you controlled the market Uh, so the flip side of this question is selling uh, lots have you done lot selling I've never sold a
1: lot of pedals Oh, I've sold a lot of pedals. I haven't sold pedals as a big group. Right, as a bundle. I feel bundle. like that's the way to lose money. I would say it, it, that's like a desperation move. Like That's like, I really don't want to deal with these
0: anymore. I don't.
1: I just want to get rid of them sort of thing.
0: I would say it's a way to not maximize profit. Absolutely. I wouldn't and that's why it's good flip potential to buy lots. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a way to lose money, but it just depends on what you have put into it already. Sure. Because when someone is buying a lot, uh, buying like a, A a group, a bundle of pedals, the expectation, at least for myself as a buyer, is I'm doing you a favor because instead of you having to find like Six different sellers, you only need to find one seller, right? So, throw throw me a basically a, like, how about a buy five, get yeah. one free sort of you're a getting deal. this all done in one Craigslist transition
1: instead of seven Cra- Craigslist transitions, yeah, or more than that. If you have people drop out on you, and you yeah, know, people can be mega flakes on Craigslist, so yeah. that can save someone a lot of time and it's worth it to them if they don't want to like maximize their profit,
0: yeah. Um, there are uh I mean, there's upsides. Yeah. Uh, Or say you're like,
1: you're dirt poor. You got no cash laying around. Strymon puts out a new pedal and you just got to have it. You need 300 bucks in a hurry. Yeah. So you, you pull out all your old boss pedals, all your old line six pedals. You got your Verbzilla in there. You got your optical Tremolo in there. And uh, you're like, I'll sell them all for $300, even though there's $450 worth of pedals there. And you know it, but you just got to get that Strymon. That's what you do.
0: And you know what? If you've been... I mean, if you play your cards right... Like, when I I sold a lot of pedals, I sold a bundle of pedals. I forget how much I put into it. Like, maybe 120. But wasn't that, like, a Dan Electro group? It was Dan Electro and some other stuff. It was stuff that I actually had a a lot more trouble selling than I thought I was going to have. Oh, okay. Um, And I ended up basically selling them again as a lot and, and making like maybe $20 on it, something like that. Right. Not as much as I would have hoped, but it was one of those things where like, because they were kind of like some, some of the pedals were just really cheap, like in my opinion, too cheap to ship. Um, and other of the, uh, some of the other pedals were just difficult to move because they weren't as common. Uh-huh. Uh In that instance, putting them all together as like, because there was a drive pedal, there was a reverb pedal, there was a delay, an EQ. I think there were actually like a two drives, like a drive and a distort and a distortion or something. I don't remember what all was in there, but as a group, it was basically a complete pedal board. So I put it all together and sold it as like a starter pedal set. Right. Uh, you know, all analog or not all analog. I think there, the delay was digital. Sure. The sure. reverb, I guess, would have been digital, but uh, you know, it was like. It wasn't a multi effects. It was a bunch of individual, like six or seven individual pedals. And I mean, I felt like that was a good deal all around. So sometimes it helps, but sometimes selling bundles is really hard. Yeah. Cause it's like, you've got
1: to appeal to someone who wants a few, at least a few of those and is willing to do the work to sell the others. You're never going to find someone who is like, Oh my gosh. Finally, an ad with every single pedal that I really, really want, and now I'm super motivated, and I'm yeah. just going to buy
0: this. That's what drives me nuts when people will post an ad with you know several pedals, and they're like, "I got six pedals here, three hundred bucks, will not separate. Don't even bother asking me about right. individual prices. They've, I will, I will block you. I will hunt you down. I will murder your children. They've been lowballed enough. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> like, I, I just the expectation is just odd to me sure, like sure. I don't get it
1: well I think we've hit this is there another part to the topic no I think those were the the ones that we wanted to hit oh okay uh, we're at a good time here want, want to wrap up the episode sure alright we've got a song from listener of the show David Chote a master Craigslist flipper himself um, the song is from his band Flower Animals and it's called Don't You Worry I think it's a really cool sound of song Steve hasn't heard it yet it's got this really classic, uh, legitimate, like, 60s garage rock vibe to it. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye.